say Metro by T-Mobile, got the best deal in wireless, and it's all for you, all for me. Just switch quickly, because Metro has two lines for 80 and two Samsung Galaxy J7 Star phones for free, plus Amazon Prime included. That's the way wireless should be, only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you love a sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told Geico makes it easy. Just go to geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. Blog Talk Radio. Tanya Moore, your host of Real Perspectives. And so today we have an absolute treat. We have with us Dr. Janetta McSwain. Now, Dr. Janetta McSwain, she is the author of Rising Above the Scars, her documentary about her life, The Road Beyond Abuse, won an Emmy Award in 2010. And so Dr. McSwain is certainly no stranger to advocacy. She's an expert. She's traveled internationally to help eradicate abuse and neglect among women and children. So we're going to learn a lot. To- Hello? Dr. Wayne, did we lose you? Okay, I think uh, we got you. Did you lose me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm like, what is going on? Hey, I'm here. I am in, you know, I'm in Atlanta, so you can imagine I've been in traffic for two hours, so. (laughs) But anyway, I'm here. Hey. Well, awesome. You know, it's always a pleasure. Every time we get together, we have such a great time. I know we've, we've talked extensively about your book, Rising Above the Scars. I want to give our listeners a little bit of background. How did how did the book come about? Talk with us about what inspired you to write the book. Well, uh, well, one of the reasons, that, one of the things that inspired me to write the book was uh, when I moved here to Georgia uh, about 13 years ago uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, I had about $5 in my pocket, Cougar Boys, uh, GED, <laughs> a 10th grade education and a, a wheel to do better, to change uh, something in my life. Even at that time, I didn't know what it was I'm, I was trying to change. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who I was. I was just trying to find myself, trying to figure out uh, who was I, you know, and, and, and how to be a good mother and how to break the, 
cycles in my family of abuse and high school dropout and drugs and alcohol and just self-destruction altogether. So uh, when I moved to Georgia in 2002, uh, I started college at Kennesaw State. And so when I got to Clark Atlanta University for my master's degree, because my goal was to be the first doctor in our family. And uh, I met my mentor who uh, encouraged me to think about my life story. I was 36 years old. And I began to share with her the different uh, levels of abuse I had suffered at that time. And she encouraged me to write my story in a workshop format. And I wrote my story in this name, The 12 Steps to Self-Awareness. And I presented it at the National Association of Social Workers. And from there, I received a standing ovation for my 12 steps in, in my story. And at that point, she called Georgia Public Broadcasting and said, you got to come meet Janelle McSwain. you got to hear her story. She has an extraordinary story of survival. And, of course, they were too busy for little bitty me. And eventually they came out to Clark Atlanta University to meet me, the producers. And uh, we started filming uh, the Road Beyond Abuse of the Minimus Twain story. And from there, uh, people started emailing me after they saw it on TV, debut April, which is National Child Abuse and Elect Month. And people started emailing me saying, that's my story. You know, how brave are you to share your story, you, you, you know, you touched my face. It was just beautiful, Lasagna, uh, and the tears were just rolling out of my face, and I knew then that this was my calling, and so that's how the book came along. Uh, after the documentary came along, and people started asking, you know, where's Janetta, where's Sonia, you know, what happened to your cousin, you know, you talk to your mother, you know. And uh, I wrote the book. I didn't want to write the book because, you know, I hate writing. <laughs> but uh, it was ordained for me to write the book. And I wrote the book in 2010, Rising Above the Stars, and uh, today we've got over 5,000 books. And uh, it's, it's been amazing. And now we have, uh, you know, new books coming out. We have a workbook coming out. And it's just been I can't even describe it in words what this journey has been. Wow. This, yeah, I know, know it's a long story, but it's true. <laughs> well, and and you know what? What what's really interesting uh, to me, Doctor McSwain, is that I I I know the story. I've heard the story, read the book, and I believe that when people see you just visually without having that knowledge when they hear everything that you've gone through, all the things that you have suffered and the things that you that you've overcome, it's almost unbelievable because you're so happy, you're always filled with joy, you're so vibrant. But the biggest thing that I, I will say that I admire most about you is that you've made a choice that you're going to use all those years of pain and the things that you endured 
to help other girls and, and just other people in general. And I really commend you for that because a lot of people would not be able to come to terms and truly come to terms with the things that happen, like the things that happen with you, but then to also say, it's not my fault. Did you ever deal with a, a time where you felt like a lot of the things that happened were your fault? Never, never. I'm so grateful that I never felt one minute that this is my fault. And, well, at one time as a little girl, let me, let me go back, as a little girl, five years old, uh, I, I remember, um, well, not even as a little girl, I'm going to say as a teenager, I was about 16, and my mother was dating, was, was dating this guy. And I remember he picked my lock and came into my room and just started, you, you know, sexually touching me all over my body. And I remember screaming and yelling, which was the first time I ever screamed and yelled when a man touched me, before, you know. And so my mother came in the room and she saw this man standing over me naked. I'm naked. He, I'm screaming. She called him. And I remember she slapped me down to the floor and, you know, and dared me. That's my man, you know. And I remember her putting me out. It was in the middle of the night at 16 with no shoes. And I remember her putting me out. And, and I just thought at that point, then I, I thought to myself, what is it about me? You know, what's wrong with me? Because all my life as a little girl, I always been, I always had the, the, a big Kim Kardashian booty. Even when I was a little girl, I remember, you know, my mother always making me feel, yeah, always making me feel inferior to, to me, you know. You know, you you, you you know, you don't look good. Something is wrong with you. So I do remember that. But looking back on the abuse itself as a little girl, I've never take, took on that responsibility that this was my fault uh, because I know it, it wasn't. Uh, and, and a lot of people do define you. A lot of people really, a lot of women do think it's their fault. Uh, a lot of a lot of people, you, you know, I came up in the South, Birmingham, Alabama. And in those days, you just shut up, you know, and it's, and it's still like that a lot of times. You just don't talk about it anymore, you know. My daddy did it to me, you know. You don't talk about your uncle. You don't talk about your granddaddy, you know. And that's the way it was. And so it was a secret, and it still is. And I find that to be global, worldwide, and it, it amazes me. And I think of shame, Tanya. I think a lot of shame, you know, the stigma of the shame kicks in. And as a woman, you know, um, you really, you've been raped. People think that sexual abuse or incest is, is horrific, you know. It takes your essence from you. That, you know, you you take that. You don't get it back. And if you do get it back, like me, myself, then it's a journey. It's, you know, loving yourself all over again. She never, never told me she loved me ever. She never hugged me. You know, I never had a birthday cake. I never had a birthday party like little girls. I never had bow pins and barrettes in my hair. I, you know, I, I, I told you, I always wanted the seven days of week panic. And I'm 45 and I just got them. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, yeah, wow. so, but I never, um, I never, even at this stage in my life, Tanya, I never see myself 
as it's my fault, you know. They were monsters. My uncles were monsters. But more than that, Tanya, I just believe that there, it, this was a learned behavior. Because how do three or four uncles, you know, from the same mother, you know, maliciously beat and rape his nieces and nephews? You know, what what kind of blunt line was that? <laughs> and that's what made me move here and say, I got to save my two boys. That's what made me say, oh, my goodness, you know, what if my two boys take this trait, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're dead now. I was mm-hmm. going to are dead mm-hmm. now. Uh, but my mother had two other brothers, and we just found out that another brother molested his daughter, which is another cousin, and it, it just don't stop. This family is filled with secrets, Tanya. And you know, you you bring up bring up an interesting an, an interesting perspective because you know I'm from Alabama as well, and I and I and I understand exactly what you're talking about because the the culture, especially if, if you're like us who were born, you know, I'm not gonna age us, but for the most part, around 1970. <laughs> um, but when you when you think about it, there there's a culture of mm-hmm. you better be quiet. And I know you and I have had yes. this discussion at, at length before. You don't tell what go on in the house. And it was just one of those things that you know, okay, you don't go and you don't talk. And, and it's anything. It's not just these things. But what happens is that you create a safe haven for abusers because what, yes, you're, saying, you what you're teaching kids is that it is not okay to tell even when something isn't isn't quite right. And I love when you when you say that you never felt like it was it was your fault because that that's very powerful because as you said, so many people do. Now now one thing I have to get you to address because I think it's very important for our listeners to to understand this this dynamic is is some of your uncles who were involved in uh, uh, sexually molesting and, and raping you, your sister, and your uh, your cousin, who is actually a, mm-hmm. a, a boy, they were very active in the church. Talk with us about that experience in, in the church and what it did to you uh, from a perspective of, of your, your perspective of ministry. You know, Tanya. You know, this is such a, a sensitive, touching subject when we started talk when we start talking about the church. But you know, everybody that walk in the church and sing in the choir, you know, is not what you think they are. My granddaughter was in the church. She was in the choir. He was a deacon. You know, my uncle ain't at the church. And, you know, my grandmother would go to church, and when she went to church, sometimes my, my uncle used to say, you know, we're going to just stay here with the kids. And when my grandmother left, that's when we were tied up in chairs and maliciously drugged by our feet and hair and clothes ripped of us like vultures and tied up in chairs, you know, three little kids was made to smoke marijuana and drink and and perform sexual acts. And, and it was it was horrific, and we were made to watch. And this happened, you know, every two, three nights that, you know, we didn't go to church, and my grandmother went to church. And, you know, just the violence, you know, just the beating and, and being choked and, you know, and 
and and I had syphilis at, at five and six. You know, it was just horrific. It was horrific, especially to have to be made to watch each other. And some friends say, so you go to church and you put this persona on. Who do you tell? Who do you tell? You are shy. You shut up. You don't talk about what's going on in your house. And, you know, one thing I can say, I look at Tanya, sometimes you, you don't even know that it's wrong. You know that something, you know that's not right, but it becomes the norm because you don't know if this is just one of the families, you know, because you don't talk about it. So you just, you, you become numb to we knew it was going to happen. And and that, and that's just the truth. And I think it was about staying alive. It was about surviving because you have to understand not only did we get the sexual abuse from the uncles, but we got the emotional abuse. You know, uh, your mom ain't shit. Excuse me, didn't mean to say it, but that's that's what was said. Or you know, your wife <laughs> or your mama don't want you. So you you, you remember you got to hear that. You know, so that's another thing that you don't nobody wants you. So we have sex with you, so what? You know, you're nothing. And so we, that was the, the part. And, you know, we didn't eat. There were days they didn't us eat. So, you, you know, there was days we had to sit in the closet and then eat. You know, it was just so much. And there were days where they made us eat until we threw up. And these, these are things that actually really happened. Um, in, in the December, the winter months, you know, I talk about how I had to sit on the porch, you know, naked. Right after bed, I feel dripping on me. Until I came down with pneumonia in the third stage, and I still couldn't say somebody was doing something to me. So I'm saying that to say, when it goes back to the church, I believed in God, and I still do, because we went to a holy, sanctified church at that. We didn't go to one, you know, we went to one church where you wore your dresses over your knees, girl, and your hands <laughs> coming up, your arms coming up, and everything you did outside of church was the devil. I mean, the movies, you couldn't sing blues, we couldn't wear makeup. I mean, we were sanctified. And so when I go to a lot of the churches and I talk about this, it's the subject. I mean, I've had churches to ask me to come speak and say, we want you to come speak, that you're so raw. Can you, you know, bring it down some? And I say, no, I can't come and speak at your church. You understand what I'm saying? This, you don't want me. Because what goes on in the church behind closed doors, girl, let me tell you, it's, it's, it's a mess. And, you know, I, I never I never blamed God, you know. I never can blame my uncles because I didn't even know how to do that. So I'm so grateful that I didn't become bitter, you know, and that I didn't internalize and I didn't say, okay, God, why did you let this happen to me and my sister, my boy, cousin? So when it comes to the church again, um, they have it's, it has to be uncovered, Tanya. It has to stop. The pastors of the church, I love it when you preach about getting you a jet. I love it when you preach about you know riches because God do want us to be you know rich in Him. I do love when they be preach about being prosperous. You understand know what I'm saying? And even when they talk about hell and brimstone, so Tanya. Well, we got to talk about this domestic violence and this, this sexual abuse and this, this what's going on. We can't, the church and the ministers is held as stakeholders. When God called you to be a minister and to preach, he's not just calling you to be a minister to go to the First Baptist every Sunday and Wednesday. You know, you have <laughs> to know what's going on in the neighborhood, in the community. Look at those young girls in your church. Look at those young boys. Have special meetings. Have topics. You know what I mean? Deal with what you're going on. Deal with what's going on in the church. 
call on me, a lot of times they say, we can't say it or we don't know how to say it. But Janetta McSwain do. Because it happens and it goes on in the church. And it has to be talked about. It's a subject that we cannot afford to not talk about in our churches. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, what, 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 what I think is unique about your message is 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 exactly what you've just described and your willingness to say my message is my message it's the same on sunday as it is on monday deliver the <laughs> delivery is the same <laughs> and and the 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 location doesn't matter because at the end of Absolutely. the day I got to give it to you the the way that it is, and that's that is just another thing that you know. And I and you and I have talked about this before, but I absolutely love that because I am a firm believer. And and one thing that that I've been watching, and it's, it's been concerning me for at least the last ten years, is just the over sexualization of children, both boys yes. and girls. Um, yes, me too. You know you. You look on YouTube and, and social media, and they oh. got the kids dancing and gyrating, and you know you don't see little kids' clothes anymore. You see miniature adult clothes. I remember. You sure do. This past Christmas, I was looking for my little niece, and I call her little itty bitty. She's two years old. I was looking for her for <laughs> shoes, and I was shocked, Doctor McSwain, that they had heels. With a, a shoe with a heel on it for a two-year-old. Uh-huh. And I started asking people because, of course, you know, my son is 22 years old, and I have not bought, you know, baby shoes and things like that in a while. But I was then told, oh, yes, this is how they make them now. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh, because now we want our two-year-olds to be sexy because that's what Absolutely. I think about when I see high heels. I mean, what do, do you agree with that? <laughs> You remember when they came up with the thongs for teenagers? I mean, for little, I'm a lot of the teenagers. I had no thong, girl. You got a box of pants. Them big ones. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what, Tanya? When people come see me, sometimes I have to have a disclaimer, you know. And I am known for you know my rawness in my realness, and that's what that's what I do, and that's who I am. Because I tell people all the time, you cannot make abuse pretty. How can I? How, how can we talk about this in this pretty? It's ugly. It is ugly. It's destructive. It kills people. You know, my sister is forty-six years old. She's paranoid, schizophrenic. She's been shot five times. She's been in the garbage. And I mean, car. She ate out the garbage. She's stolen. She's been robbed. She's been beaten. You know, and 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 now she's in rehab. Now she's suicidal. She's trying to kill herself. She's in the street. Hey, it's painful. That's three eleven months apart, and it's so many nights that when that doorknob turned, you hear me? When that man, one of the men, came in that room for Janetta, she gave her body for me, and mm. she died in that house when she was six. She's never ever been the same, Tanya. I've watched her go through her teenage years, defying it running away, try you know, even then we didn't even know what was wrong with her then. But now I look back at, at, and say, Oh my goodness, you know, it 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 broke us. It broke us. It 
sour intercept destruction. I dropped out of high school. My mother dropped out. My sister. So I, I followed the family cycle. Tanya dropped out. The dope man moved in next to me, told me I was cute. Here I am, 19, with a gun in the dope house. It was a mess. Had a baby, no baby daddy. Ripping and running the streets, jumping out of cars, girl. You know, um, could have been dead, turning tricks, trying to get money, a hot mess. That's what I was. Mm. Somewhere with, 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 with my JJ out. I'm just telling you the truth. That's the truth. And I was a crazy mess, girl. And, you know, here I am with a second baby. Then this fool punched me. He hit me, you know, and put a gun on me, tried to kill me. And I just, just didn't have any kind of... Um, stability, Tanya. My mother moved all our life. We moved. You know, we grew up on Section 8. And I, I remember waiting on food stamps and waiting on the welfare check. And, you know, I remember my mother being so angry and mean all the time. And I watched my mother kill a man, cut his throat, said his gut come out. His gut fell out, mm. Tanya, between his hands. And I remember my mother looked at me and my sister and said, you bitch, you better not cry. You hear me? I couldn't even show, we couldn't show any kind of remorse. My mother was one of the most vicious women that you ever want to meet in your life. She literally carried a miniature hatchet in her pocketbook with her. Mm-mm-mm. I watched her get shot in the neck, stabbed in the head. I've been to jail with her. I watched her fight. I watched her cut a man down his back, burn a man. This was how I lived, Tanya. It was, it was horrific. My mother would tell me constantly, I wish I never had you. Put my head in the commode. Bitch, I should have flushed you down the commode and kid. I should have stopped you. It, these, this, is, this is the truth. And, 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 and she literally left me in the bushes to die. You know, and mm. reminded me mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. all my life. So I'm saying that to say this, so I got it from every level. You understand? I got these three men on top of me. Then when I went to church, you know, we was the worst children in the church. We was, you know, so who cared? Like my sister said in the documentary, if you watch the documentary, when she said, who cared? Who cared about us? What, what, what should I not to be anything when nobody else has been anything? You understand? It, 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 oh, every time I watch the documentary, I cry. Do you know that? The documentary came out in 2009. And every time I watch it, I bawl out. I mm. just get emotional when I see my sister's story. You know, she has no teeth. Mm. She, Tanya, you don't know what it is to go and find your sister and go through the alley and look up under the dog houses just to find her. She 80 pounds. You can see her ribs. Mm. It's horrific. It's horrific, and, and to see her hurt, and I can't save her. I can't, you know. And so to to go to seven countries down the street and watch these women standing on the side of the road who have no voice for themselves, who's so afraid to speak, who's watching me, and I can see tears coming down their eyes. And the little kids, the little kids, this one young lady came, Telling the boy that was four years old, and I get emotional when I talk about this story because it's so painful for me. And I'm in uh, St. Vincent, Barbados, and they have no kind of uh, help and shelter there. 
you know, and so they, they just don't have anywhere to go. And this, this young girl, she had to be in her early 20s, and she, she found me. She heard about me on the radio, and she found me. She said, please save my little boy. He's four years old, and he's been, my uncle says his uncle uh, had uh, sexually abused him and messed up his, you know, his anal. And I, I just couldn't, and that little boy ran and grabbed my leg, and I, I couldn't I couldn't stop crying. You know, I just I just couldn't. And so I'm just saying to say to walk through these different countries, Japan and, you know, Cayman Islands and Barbados, which I've been to, and to see that this is this has no color. This has no color. This has no social status. This 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 it has no age. To me, women come see me that's eighty years old, Tanya. Eighty and walk up and grab me and say, That's my story. It is priceless. It, it really is. I just have to say that I couldn't imagine not being divorced. And if God needed me to go through that, then that's what he needed me to do. And I have accepted that calling. And I think some people have to get You know what? Let me just say this, and I'm going I'm to I'm let you talk. One of the things that I've learned about being abused or being because I'm not a victim, I'm a victor, I'm a, I'm a survivor. One of the things I learned, it's never going to go away, okay? You're never going to get over it. I'm 45 years old, and I can still feel my uncle's tearing my clothes off. Do you hear me? I can mm. still feel him on top of me. I'm, I'm being honest with you, Willie, and I'm 45, so I never forget it. I can still feel it, the presence. But what I've learned is when you accept that this is what happened to you, first of all, you have to accept it. Cry, cry, get mad, you know, write a letter, talk to God, you know, whatever you need to do, and let and tell it, but you're not going to get over it. But what you can do is say, this happened to me. Let the denial go. This really happened to me. And then, and then look at yourself. And start to rebuild, girl. I had to shut down at 33 years old and start over. I had to learn how to love my body. The simple things that you might get up and do as a woman, I couldn't do, Tanya. I didn't even love my vagina. You know what I'm saying? Because how can you love something that's been taken and beaten and raped and diseased? You don't know how to love it. Because my mother never told me anything about my body. So I had to learn how to love my vagina, girl. Just love me. Stand in the mirror and hold me every day and tell me I'm beautiful. I had to do it in face. Mm-hmm. You know, but girl, look at me today. Yes. <laughs> and so this joy I have, you know that song, the world didn't give it to me? God <laughs> gave it to me. You know what I'm saying? So, so when people look at me and say, you, what, is, what is it about you? Baby, this is vault right here. <laughs> this this is this is vault sense. You know what they say? Vault sense is the best sense. It's vault and, and and it's and it's um furbished. That's what I say. I'm refurbished. But uh, <laughs> it's so many women like myself who who tells me I can't. How do you love yourself? How do you smile? How do you how do you stand so tall? How do you walk with so much confidence and and, 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 you know, and, and, and diva, and I say to them, just like I say to you, girl, please, you better live your life. Your perpetrators are somewhere dead or living good, 
and you over here broken and can't live or can't be in a relationship, you know, can't be, can't have anything that's effective and positive in your life because you truly want to hold on, that past will kill you. Listen to me, listeners. It will kill you. It will destroy you. It's cancerous. It is cancerous, Tanya. You will have to live. And you know what, Tanya? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's under construction. This is a journey that's under construction. It's never going to be completed by two eighty five. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so you have to constantly remind yourself that you are human. Am I right? You are human. And you know what, Tanya? You can still be a woman. You can still love all of you, girl. Yes, you can, because you don't see me right now, but I'm I'm touching all on me like, you know, and I call it my Beyonce, you know, that's what I call it. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is my all, all, I love all of my Beyonce. And you can love all of yours. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's hard. It definitely, Go ahead. Go definitely. Ahead. And, and uh, again, it is, it, it's so wonderful. I'm, I'm encouraging everyone to, to get the book. Again, it's Rising Above the Scars. And there's just so much, uh, uh, you know, we could be here another three hours with, with and, and still not scratch the surface with everything that, that you have to offer. But let our listeners know, how can they find out more about Janetta McSwain, purchase the book, get the documentary, all of that good stuff? Well, you know, JanettaMcSwain.com. You can just go to my website. And there actually is a link on my website that you can uh, order the book. And uh, if you order it off my website for me, directly from me, and I'll sign it. But if you order from Barnes & Noble or any other, other stores, then it's going to come from the warehouse. So. Some people order their books from Vernon Nobles or offline or Amazon or different, you know, they'll say, it's not fine. I'll say, well, you didn't order from me. But you can go in there you can see, you know, where I'm, you can contact me from my uh, website. If you, you know, you want me to come to a church or a street because, you know, I do conferences. I I literally do, I had a young lady who asked me to come and, and do a little small intimate sex with her, her girlfriends. And I find that to be so rewarding because we talk about, you know, just everything, being a lady, loving ourselves, you know, you know, that, making sure that other people love us the way they should as well. Um, uh, the documentary is to go beyond abuse. That is on YouTube. It's a three, ten-minute clip. Um, and it's, 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 it's powerful. Uh, we won an Emmy, of course, in 2009. Hopefully we're going to do this movie deal. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in February, I'm working with Pastor Maya, uh, Maya Taylor, and uh, she has a movie called She Wears Hope, uh, which is going to be a TV show, and I did a segment. It is something to see. I've still been edited, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted when that comes out. Uh, she's actually doing a play, a, the, uh, a theatrical play, uh, they're going to be auditioning in a few weeks, actually. Somebody's going to be playing me. <laughs> but I'm wow. going to be playing me. Somebody else going to be playing Janetta McFly because that documentary was enough for me, girl. I'm telling you. But <laughs> she has a theatrical that's going to be, somebody's going to be playing me. She's actually going to be doing another book that's going to be a, comp- a, a, a compilation of stories. And now uh, my story will be in that book as well. So that's one project. That's She Wears Hope. All of us. Um, 
of this fall, I'm going to be a contestant on a new reality show. It's called Media Women of Atlanta. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. And that's going to be about uh, different women that's working uh, to put together a magazine or feature story. Uh, And what it's about, it's about women incorporate women out here like us, you and I, Tanya, uh, you know, doing what we're doing and getting and getting credit for it and showing the world that there are beautiful, black, intelligent women out here that we ain't got to pull each other's hair, you know, and, and fight and, you know, <laughs> call each other bitches. I'm just being honest. And so that's going to be coming on. And they found me literally, and I'm excited about that, about that as well. Uh, like I said, they're gonna we're gonna start shooting um, uh, episodes, and uh, they're not giving me a whole bunch of information. You know how that goes, time. You get a little information at a time, but uh, I'll keep Absolutely. everybody posted. But but it's supposed to be definitely debuting. Uh, uh, cause I'm excited about that because I get a chance to, you know, just, again to you know show a positive side of you know us African American women, especially us in Atlanta, and show women and young girls again that you can rise above. All your scars. You can get educated. You know, you can uh, come from GED, like me, all the way up to the PhD, you know, and anything you want to do, and write another book called How Do You, How Do you Walk in the Stratos? That'll be out probably next year. I've been looking at a dissertation, so, honey, I. Whew. But my new book will be out next year, and it's just going to talk about how will we reach success, Tanya, you know, women like ourselves and our listeners. And what we go through, you know, the the back background, you know, the losing your friends and more outgoing your focus, you know what I'm talking about, and dealing with the jealousy and the envy and the haters, and you're like, what is going on, you know? And it, it, I was I, I was telling you, Tanya, I went through more mm-hmm. look like when I reached success than I did when I was crazy. I don't know what that's so weird to me. But so this book wow. is going to kind of talk about my journey of, you know, not enough educating you still ain't good enough. You know what I mean? You know, who do you think right. you are? You know, um, right. you, you know. The other side of fame. And, 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 yeah, just the loss of 25-year 20, relationship. You know, what happened? You know, it's, it all went out to my husband, you know, and, and I separated. Yeah. You know, and and uh, wow, and, and, and that's just, a the, lot. just the triumph, yeah, the failure, the fall of and the, the the pain, girl, and and just the journey. So that book will be because people see me trying to say, oh, you know, she's a superwoman. You know, they want to hug me, take a picture, they want your autograph. They come see me, it's Janetta McSwain, and I want them to know Janetta McSwain is vulnerable. She's human. She's natural. She hurt. She has pain. She has setbacks. But she get back up, girl, and she rise. She keep rising. And that those scars, you know, they're either emotionally, mine's is physically, you have scars all over my body, but they're emotionally, but they're there. We all have them, you know? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You can, we can't cover them up. Fine. You know, you can cover your, you know, your face up with your foundation, your mask. You know, you got a little scar and you cover it up, you know? But fine, you know what, girl, when you go to bed at night, girl, that makeup coming off. You know, them, them scars are going to be uncovered, aren't they? 
Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, we have to uncover those scars. We have to stop hiding behind them. Stop putting that shirt over them. Stop, you know, covering up. Because, honey, I wear mine proud. Girl, please, I wear anything I want to wear. But, right. yeah, I'm doing a lot of good things. I'm teaching now. I'm an adjunct professor at Clark Atlanta University. I'm excited about being able to go into the classroom and give the students, you know, something back. So I guess my goal is to do a tour. I want to travel. I want to do a big tour, Tanya, you and I. I just really want to uh, I want to write. I want to publish. I want to, you know, look at policies. I want to just, I want to be a new modern-day leader, you know. It's time. Right. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, they're gone, Tanya. They're gone. They mm-hmm. need they need people like us to rise up. You know, we have to rise up and, and put that crown on and take that do like Moses did, girl. We gotta go to that mountain and we gotta we gotta answer our calling. You know, we, we gotta be Moses today. That's what I say. You know, because Moses he had a job to do. He had to free them right. he had to free them people. God told him to do it. He had to do it. That's so, right. That's right. Well, there, you know, definitely, you're definitely right. There is, there is so much work to do. And again, I am super grateful that that God certainly intervened and and brought us together. And it, it's interesting because we, you know, you and I laugh a lot because it it we can never get away from each other. So that just means that we have to start listening more to to God, and and He's gonna let us know exactly what what we're supposed to do together. But Real Perspective listeners, listen, you have heard it from the, the woman herself, Dr. Janetta McSwain. Again, visit her website. That's JanettaMcSwain.com. She is the author of Rising Above the Scars. More information, again, go to her website. Get her book. For those of you that are looking for speakers for your women's conferences, again, you will not go wrong if you do not. You, you will not go wrong if you book Dr. Janetta McSwain. So I'm going to definitely put my support behind you. Keep us posted on all the great things that you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show and of real course. perspective listeners. Anything for you. Anything. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Know, you. I thank love you, so you much. and I love I love you, Tanya, and I love what you're doing. I I, I love your feel. You're beautiful. And we are going to be together like bail folks, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely love you, too. Thank you so much. Again, Real Perspectives listeners, this is Real Perspectives, where we seek real issues from real people with real solutions from real perspectives. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. 
Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Paint pros know what you don't paint is just as important as what you do paint. So the Home Depot has bulk pricing on a full assortment of 3M painters, tapes, and paint essentials. Everything you need, every day. Like 3M hand masker film and scotch painter's tape. For the cleanest results on every paint job, 3M and the Home Depot have got you covered. With bulk price savings on 3M paint essentials. Every day, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. Paint pros know what you don't paint is just as important as what you do paint. So the Home Depot has bulk pricing on a full assortment of 3M painters, tapes, and paint essentials. Everything you need, every day. Like 3M hand masker film and scotch painter's tape. For the cleanest results on every paint job, 3M and the Home Depot have got you covered. With bulk price savings on 3M paint essentials. Every day, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only.